What is up, guys? How have you been? It's been a while. We're back. Um, this last month or so, gotta be honest, just wasn't really motivated to podcast. Uh, there also wasn't really a whole lot going on uh, ever since, like, May. Uh, so, you know, we had the draft, all that fun stuff. I was in late April. And then May came around and it was like, all right, so some rookie mini camps and then I guess a little bit of OTAs and that's about it. And other than that, the last month has just been a whole lot of nothing. Um, I kind of just wasn't really motivated at all. I wasn't feeling it. I think honestly that I kind of burnt myself out <laughs> with all the, uh, all the draft research, um, you know, just like, uh, I, I think I mentioned before, I, I started a new job in January. Uh, sometimes pretty stressful, just takes a whole lot mentally throughout the day because I'm trying to manage about 100 properties with this property management company where I work. And uh, then got a puppy in February. And uh, just like a new job plus a puppy and then trying to prep for the draft. I think I just burnt myself out. And uh, May came around and just wasn't really feeling it. But here we are. It's July. I'm recording this Saturday, July 9th. It is a absolutely beautiful day here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I think it's about 80 degrees and sunny, which honestly, that's like paradise for around here because up until about a day or two ago, it was like a high of 70 with like clouds for most of the summer. <laughs> so it's been beautiful out today. I'm probably going to go on a run after this. Uh, give me one second. My little robot vacuum cleaner is yelling at me. All right. And we're good. But yeah, uh, point being is I think I just burnt myself out with everything and uh, I'm ready to get back into it. So training camp is coming up here in about two weeks. And I'm just kind of, this is like a primer pod right now. I don't really have a whole lot that I want to go over. Don't want to spend a ton of time on this. Just kind of talk about what we've missed. And uh, also what's going to be coming up. So I guess I'll just get started real quick with what you can expect moving forward. So obviously with training camp coming up. Uh, we're going to have probably one or two podcasts a week, just talking about training camp updates. So that's one thing I love is that once training camp starts, it's like, instead of the dead zone where we were in basically in June, cause in June, like nothing happens. It's like nothing happens. I don't think there's been a single thing that's happened on a practice field in like two weeks. It's been dead. Uh, once training camp starts and I forget what the exact date is, if it's, july 26th or 28th or whatever it's here coming up in about two or three weeks um but once training camp happens it's like we got daily reports we got coaches you know meeting with the media players meeting with the media um we've got the media just out there like taking reports uh you've got the, uh, the, the cone people who they go out there and they say, this guy was good. This guy was ass, uh, you know, and then they like track, like, oh, how many, 
how many accurate throws did Trey make and how many not accurate throws and who looked really good today, who didn't. And then you've got the, uh, you've got the, the, the opposite side of that spectrum, you know? So on, uh, <laughs> kind of makes me think of like the, like, uh, chaos versus order and like the good versus evil and neutral. So you've got like chaotic neutral or chaotic evil, which is like cone and then you've got like uh, orderly neutral slash orderly good, which is like the Lombardi spreadsheet. <laughs> so get ready for that. And of course, everyone is going to be like, you know, team cone, team Lombardi. Uh, and then there's all the other media play, all the other media guys who are going to be out there, whether that be, you know, the uh, the Jason Apontes or the, the guys from the sack B. Um yeah, I mean, I can't remember all the names. Uh, maybe Crocker and uh, uh, Peacock will be out there. Uh, obviously, we'll get the stuff from Mayoko and uh, Jennifer Lee Chan and all the other guys. But there's going to be, you know, daily updates, daily reports, so much information. And when it when training camp happens, one thing you always want to keep in mind is it doesn't necessarily matter what you hear. In one day. What matters is what you're consistently hearing. If you hear so-and-so is dominating one day, that's cool. Like, chalk that up as, you know, like, that's that's one positive. But like they say, you got to stack the days. If you start hearing that, like, hey, so-and-so is showing up and dominating every single day and impressing every single day... Or they're, you know, moving up the depth chart. Like, you know, they started out on third team. Now they're on second team. And, you know, say we got a... Say you hear about, like, uh, the one of the rookie offensive linemen. Like, hey, you know, Nick Zakel. They started him out at third string left tackle. And next thing you know, he's working in with second string centers. Uh, you know, and then it's like he's doing well there against like the deep 49ers defensive tackles. Like that would be really interesting. Or say Sam Womack, uh, Sam Womack right now, the rookie uh, who we think is probably going to be like a slot corner, fifth round rook. Uh, he might start off on the third string, like third string slot corner, or maybe they start him playing third string outside. And next thing you know, they got him playing like second string slot. Maybe he gets some first string, you know, slot stamp. So it's not necessarily what you hear once. It's what you hear consistently, consistently and who you hear about guys moving up and down the depth charts because the depth charts are going to shuffle a bit, but you know, you can kind of watch what somebody's trajectory is. Are they on an upward trajectory where it's looking like, you know, Hey, you're, we're going in with 90, right? We've got the 90 man roster, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to break down all the position groups and, you know, who's everyone on the position group and how does it look and all that kind of stuff. But we got 90 and now we got to take those 90. Once training camp starts, we're going to figure out who's going to be the 53 that make it. And then there's going to be, I think this year they increased the practice squad to where it's 14 or 16 now. So now, you know, who's going to make that final 53 out of the 90 and then after that final 53, who are the other 12 to 16 who are going to be, you know, practice squad hopefuls 
You know, if they clear waivers, they make the practice squad. So that's what we're going to want to look out for. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we got coming up. So the next couple weeks, um, I'm assuming that we're not going to have much actual news just because there's, again, nothing happening until training camp. Um, but I'm feeling like getting back into this and I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to focus on just going through each position group, everyone who's on the team and, uh, you know, trying to figure that out, but let's cover the rest of the stuff that's happened in the last, uh, month or so since I've been gone. Um, so the biggest, I would say some of the biggest stories, uh, number one, Frank Gore retired 49ers legend, pro football legend. I mean, realistically, like he should be hands down hall of famer. He's a third all time in the NFL history for rushing yards. I believe he's second or third or fourth all time scrimmage yards in NFL history. Uh, I, I think it was like 13 or 15 seasons or something. Just ridiculous. Frank, the tank, Frank, the inevitable, uh, Frank, the truth, the inconvenient truth, whatever you want to call him, Frank Gore, 49ers legend. I think it was like 10 years with the 49ers and then another six. Is that right? 16 seasons. I don't even know. 16 seasons. We'll just call it that. And 16,000 on the dot rushing yards officially hangs up the cleats, officially retires Signed his one-day contract, retired as a 49er, uh, gets inducted into the 49ers Hall of Fame, and I would expect him to be in the NFL Hall of Fame within the first two years of eligibility. I don't know if he'll go in first year, but within the first couple years of his eligibility, I would expect Frank Gore to be a Hall of Fame inductee. And uh, just what a legend awesome dude um just what an incredible career incredible career and just humble hardworking, awesome guy uh he may have not ever been the best running back in the nfl in any given year but he was consistently a top five nfl running back for like 10 years. And when you're number three, all time rushing top five, all time scrimmage yards in a league that just chews up and spits out running backs, you are a hall of famer period. So congrats, Frank Gore on a legendary career. Uh, we also had the official news that Alex Mack retired he did the uh, 49ers one more favor before he did by restructuring his contract again, cleared up about $4 million in space, uh, made it easy for the Niners to sign their rookie class, and uh, he ended up retiring. So Alex Mack, he uh, so close to getting a Super Bowl uh, twice, you know, with the Falcons, he almost won it made the Super Bowl and then with the Niners came in for one year and uh, made it to an NFC championship so congrats Alex Mack 13 seasons 
multiple-time Pro Bowler, I think seven Pro Bowls, uh, the all-decade team, possible Hall of Fame center. Um, I don't know about that, but, I mean, just, like, awesome. I was really bummed out that he ended up retiring because I was hoping that he was going to give us one more year, uh, especially just to help out the rookie and keep the offensive line together in some sort. Um, but, hey, you know what? I... Uh, I can't blame him, you know? He's, what, like 36 years old? I'm 33, like, my body hurts, and I don't fucking play in the NFL. <laughs> I'm just some guy. <laughs> He's freaking uh, trying to go up against the, uh, you know, NFL defensive tackles and nose tackles at freaking 35 years old and getting ready for another season. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to get married I'm going to retire, I'll restructure and do the Niners a solid and sail off into the sunset, so to speak. Um, so congrats as well to Alex Mack after uh, 13 seasons in the NFL. Great career, great career. Um, some of the other interesting things, the uh, Trey Lance, the offseason slander has just been ridiculous. Um, I don't think I've ever heard the words arm fatigue or arm fitness. Um, you know, not counting when Peyton Manning came back post neck surgery and couldn't throw the football at 40 years old uh, or whatever. Like, I've, I've never heard this term of arm fatigue or arm fitness talked about. But for some reason, like, this is, it's like this silly circular rumor train where nobody knows where this like arm fitness or arm fatigue rumor happens like where it started and in and of itself it doesn't really make any sense at all like you've got a 21 22 year old kid with a really freaking strong arm and you're gonna have questions about his arm fitness like trey can fucking throw the ball 80 yards and you're concerned about his arm like, that just doesn't make sense. Like, I could understand if they were talking about it with, like, Nick Mullins. Like, hey, you know, Nick Mullins, he's he's potentially going to be starting a game. Does he have the arm fitness to make it happen? Like, you know, that I can understand. Peyton Manning, almost 40 years old, just had neck surgery. His arm is falling off. Does he have the arm fitness to win a Super Bowl before retiring? legitimate question but then you're like hmm 22 year old super athletic kid he's big he's strong he's got a cannon for an arm but does he have the arm just doesn't make any sense <laughs> so the whole Trey Lance slander it's all just stupid off-season clickbait it is what it is um let's just be real about what we know about Trey Lance and what we know about Trey Lance is very little. We know very little about how good Trey Lance is going to be. He had a great college season. He had one season. He was incredible. Undefeated, like 35 touchdowns, zero interceptions, a thousand plus rushing yards, 17 and0 national championship. Incredible college season. At, at 19 years old, mind you. But since then, he's played 
three games, you know? He played one college game, and then he's had two NFL starts. So what do we know about Trey? Not a whole lot. We know he's got, we know he's really athletic. We know he's got a really strong arm. We know that he seems like a really smart, intelligent, sharp, uh, mature, humble, hardworking kid, which is everything you would want in a developmental franchise quarterback. This is the year that we will find out about Trey Lance. I think realistically, you never know how good a quarterback is for probably about two or three seasons. So we probably won't really know until he's had like two or three full seasons. But anybody who's saying anything right now, other than we really don't know, other than he's got a whole lot of potential. Like, yes, he has a lot of potential. He's talented. What else do we know? Not a whole lot. He's played two games. How much can you know about a 22-year-old football player who's played two games in the NFL? Exactly. So all these talking heads, all these circular rumors where nobody knows the original source of the arm fitness thing, but, you know, because it was talked about once, like, I heard it, I heard it talked about one time, so obviously it must be a thing. That's kind of this, like, ridiculous circular logic that happens in the off season just to generate clicks. And the reason they do it is because they know that the Niners are a huge fan base. Like one of the biggest fan bases, one of probably the three to five biggest fan bases, probably in America, like in, in America, probably one of the three to five biggest fan bases. We are a national franchise fan base and they know that if they just can like stir a little controversy it's gonna get a lot of clicks and it's a really fascinating subject because you've got the offensive genius kyle shanahan who went to who took a really 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 bad team remember how bad they were pre-shanahan the first year, they just basically gutted the entire roster and they went 0-9. And then and then they got Jimmy G. So it was like one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Within two seasons, they make it to a Super Bowl. And then after they make it to a Super Bowl, they decide to trade up to number three to draft a 21-year-old kid who's only played one season, but he's really talented. He's got a lot of potential, but instead of playing him, they want to keep the veteran around. Hey, young buck, we're going to let you sit this season. You're going to learn. And that's the plan. The plan is we really like you. You're the future, but this Jimmy G guy, he got us to a Super Bowl. We still got a great team. We still think we can make it. And you're going to, you're going to sit and learn. You know what? Trey gets a couple starts because Jimmy gets hurt like he always does, unfortunately. Um, And you know what? We make it to the NFC championship. And then it's like Jimmy's still on the roster. So I totally understand why uh, why it's such easy clickbait. It's just annoying. Like I'm sick of it. 
I mean, at the very least, like come up with something creative and unique when you're going to be sharing your opinion versus just like some third hand rumor that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, hey, this kid has a super strong arm. Oh, but what about his arm fitness? I heard from somebody who heard from somebody that repeated it on the radio one time a couple months ago that they had arm fitness questions one time. Like, all right, cool. Like, tell me something interesting that's not just stupid clickbait recycled garbage. So, anyways... That's me finishing my rant on the stupid off-season Trey Lance stuff. I can't wait to see Trey Lance. I'm going to go re-watch uh, his two games last year. Uh, I'm going to re-watch the Arizona game because I've got the NFL All-22 or whatever. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-watch the All-22 of the Arizona game. And I'm going to re-watch the uh, All-22 of the Houston game. Um, I actually did, I, I did rewatch the John Chapman film breakdown of the all 22 of those already, um, about a month or two ago. And, uh, it was fun. It was fun rewatching it, but I'm, I'm going to go rewatch it again, uh, just to get myself ready. Cause I can't wait to see it. I think that it is going to be so fun watching this kid just like, you know, learn and grow and develop in front of our eyes this season. You know, like what more could you want as a fan other than like we got this kid with a huge like everything you could want, except he's unproven. Like, obviously, you want someone who's proven, but everything else is there. Like, again, like smarts, toughness, athlete, strong arm, intelligence, humble, charisma, good leader, good locker room high character, everything you could want. He just hasn't shown it at the NFL level yet. So I can't wait to watch it this season. Um, the other big news is uh, Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. So Baker Mayfield got traded from the Browns to the Carolina Panthers. They gave up a conditional fifth in a year and the Browns had to pay $10 million of his 18 million. So the Browns just, whether or not you like Baker Mayfield, here's what you cannot deny is that before Baker Mayfield was drafted by the Browns, the previous two seasons, they were one and 31 Baker Mayfield within his first two seasons with the Browns as their quarterback Won a playoff game. I don't think the Browns won a playoff game in 15 years before Baker Mayfield. He got hurt this last season. He had a down season. Now, whether or not you like Baker Mayfield's character, whether or not you like his decision-making, whether or not you think he's an average or above-average quarterback or whatever, regardless of that, you got to admit, he's the best quarterback the Browns have had in a long time. And the Browns, being the Browns, were like, you know what? How about instead we go get the guy who's got 24 sexual misconduct allegations in court? And we'll give up multiple 
first round picks and more. And we'll give him a $230 million contract. Full knowing that he might not even play. (laughs) The Browns are like, hey, I know we just had our best quarterback, you know, who's. He might not be a top five quarterback, but uh, we're going to go give a quarter billion dollars to the guy who's currently dealing with uh, sexual assault allegations in court and give up all that. Yeah. The Browns just continue to show why they have been a dumpster fire for so long, which is honestly, uh, you know, like I, it's kind of a shame because they put together such a good team. Finally, like they've got a really good team. Like when you look at the whole team, but now they're about to be a really good team with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. Uh, the Panthers, on the other hand, have given up a million picks for Baker Mayfield, who's probably an average quarterback. Um, I think he's solid. I think he's he's similar to Jimmy Garoppolo in the sense of uh, a little bit too many turnovers. He's a little bit stronger of an arm. He probably holds on to the ball a little too long. He's not great, but he's an average quarterback who can make plays, but also turns the ball over a little bit too much. You know, same thing as Jimmy. I'd put him in that 15 to 20 range. He's got a stronger arm, but I think Jimmy is probably a little bit more accurate on the short, short and intermediate stuff. And Jimmy's a better like locker room character guy. Um, But either way, they're both kind of in that same 15 to 20 range as far as quarterbacks goes. Uh, So the Panthers have Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, who is ass. And I don't know how anybody ever thought he was anything other than ass. And I don't understand how he was picked top three, but it's a story for another day. And they've got, uh, the rookie they got, I think is, uh, Matt Corral. I want to see, I think he was like a third or a fifth round pick. So we'll see what happens with the Panthers. But as far as the Browns go, we still have yet to find out. Let me actually just check my, uh, my news, but we still have yet to find out what's going to go down with Deshaun Watson. Nothing has been made official yet. So yeah, go figure. Uh, the NFL still hasn't decided. Um, if Deshaun Watson gets less than a year suspension, I would be surprised. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into it too much, but point being is I would not be surprised if Deshaun Watson got suspended for more than a year. And uh, that kind of leaves the Browns in a shitty situation. But you know what, Browns? There happens to be a quarterback who's available for trade who I think would be a really good fit for your team. Which brings us to Jimmy G. Uh, Reportedly, Jimmy started throwing uh, a week or two ago. I think it said two weeks ago, this uh, news story that I saw. So it sounds like Jimmy's starting to throw the ball. He is recovering from his shoulder surgery that he had unexpectedly in March, about a week or two before uh, free agency or the draft or whatever. It was a couple, yeah, like a week before free agency, Jimmy had a shoulder surgery unexpectedly. So that was fun. 
And basically where it stands right now is Jimmy's still technically on the roster. He has had zero contact from all reports with anybody on the team. He hasn't talked with coaches. He hasn't talked with players. He's just rehabbing and he's starting to throw the ball. And I would expect that Jimmy gets dealt before training camp kicks off. I think that realistically what we're waiting for is now that Baker Mayfield has been dealt over to the Panthers, we're basically waiting on Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson ends up being, um, whatever, suspended for a significant portion of the season or more than a season, I would expect the Browns to trade for Jimmy because I don't think that Jacoby Brissett is going to be good enough and they have a really good team, but they're also in a very difficult division. Also, they have the cap space. I think the Browns have like 40 or $50 million in cap. So that 27 million or whatever, 25 million, Jimmy, not that bad. They can, they can absorb that. He can be the starting quarterback and it's basically the only place that makes sense for Jimmy. Now, one thing we also got to keep in mind this through this whole Jimmy G thing is that the Niners still have the ability to cut Jimmy at any time. Once he passes a physical at any point and it'll, and it'll clear up 25 million. So if he passes a physical hypothetically on Monday, they could cut him out. Right. And it wouldn't, it would clear up 25 million in space. Uh, or they could wait until the, the day of final cutdowns, the 53, and they could cut him then. I think that what's probably best for Jimmy and what's best for the Browns, if the Browns want him, is for the Browns to trade for Jimmy before training camp. You know, if Jimmy's throwing the football, he can clear a medical. Deshaun Watson gets suspended. Trade for Jimmy before training camp starts. That way, Jimmy can go through the whole training camp with the Browns. If the Browns do not want to, I don't know what will happen. I don't know if the Niners will keep Jimmy Garoppolo and say that he's excused from practice, from training camp. I don't know if they'll expect him to show up. For some reason, like that's what Shanahan has said, is that if Jimmy's not traded, he expects Jimmy to show up and compete. And no offense to Shanahan, but fuck that. Trey is the guy. Give Trey all the reps. Don't be mixing in Jimmy and giving Jimmy reps. Because Trey's the guy. You've told us Trey's the guy. You've told us that you've tried to trade Jimmy. You've told us that you want to trade Jimmy. And there's no point in keeping a $25 million backup quarterback. And there's also no point in having him compete and win the starting job. Because then it's like, what the hell did you just spend three first round picks on to have this kid sit for two years after not playing for a year before? That would just be 
draft malpractice, GM malpractice, roster malpractice. Now, if nobody wants to pay up for Jimmy, I don't know if the Niners would do him a solid. And in my opinion, doing Jimmy a solid would be cutting him before training camp. So that way he has the ability to sign wherever he wants to. Hypothetically, what I would do if if I was in charge, and obviously I'm not in charge. If I was in charge, I would basically wait until... Um, the day before training camp starts, try and trade Jimmy to the Browns. And if if they didn't want to trade for him, I would, if I wanted to do Jimmy a solid, I would cut him the day before Niners training camps. So that way he could go and sign on with a team and go through their training camp. If I didn't give a fuck about Jimmy and how well he does... I would keep him on the roster and excuse him from practice, excuse him from training camp and just say, Hey, you know what? Just keep rehabbing your shoulder. No need for you to come to practice. You just keep rehabbing. You just keep rehabbing and we'll do our practice. I don't want to see you on the practice field. All I want is you rehabbing. You just keep rehabbing. And then maybe when we get to preseason, maybe we'll give you, a quarter to go out there, you know, say like a preseason week two, second preseason game, we will give you a quarter to go out there and prove that you can throw the ball. See if somebody wants to trade for you. And then if nobody wanted to trade for him, I would cut him during the final roster cutdowns. No point in keeping around a $25 million backup. No point in trying to restructure his deal. Like, again, just like unnecessary. And you've already got a backup quarterback. You paid Nate Sudfeld $2 million. He's your backup. He's going to be your backup. That's why you paid him $2 million. You pay a backup quarterback two, three, four million million. You don't pay a backup quarterback $25 million. So, I would... Without getting on to too long of a, a long tangent rant, um, what I'll say is I expect something to happen in terms of Jimmy moving before training camp kicks off. So that's that's how I'm going to finish off. Is I expect something to happen with Jimmy before training camp stick kicks off. Um, yeah, other than that, Debo still doesn't have a deal, but again, I would expect his deal to happen sometime around uh, the week before or the week, the first week of training camp. That's typically when deals happen. That's when Kittle's deal happened. That's when Fred Warner's deal happened was, uh, you know, the week before slash week of training camp. That's kind of where we're at with Debo. And other than that, I would say the biggest questions that we have at this point, um, the biggest questions that the Niners have, the Niners have a really good roster. Whoever is saying that the Niners don't have a top five roster in the NFL, they're wrong. They made it to the NFC championship with a average to below average quarterback who couldn't throw the ball. So they have a very, very good roster, top five roster in the NFL. Biggest questions, in my opinion. 
interior offensive line. It sounds like, hypothetically, Mike McGlinchey should be ready to go for training camp, and it sounds like uh, Dan Brunskill is going to stay at right guard. So it also sounds like Aaron Banks is going to, at least they're going to give him the first shot at being the starting left guard. So I would expect Aaron Banks to be the starting left guard. So who the hell plays center? Jake Brendel, Kiefer Sutherland, or whatever that guy's name is. You know, the guy from 24? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yeah, seriously, who? Um, uh, I wouldn't expect it to be Jason Poe. Uh, just undrafted rookie. I don't expect an undrafted rookie to be a starting center. Uh, Nick Zakelge. I know they mentioned that they wanted to potentially see him become a center eventually, but again, sixth round rookie, really smart, athletic. Uh, you know, he's got a mean streak, but he was a starting left tackle. Uh, so I could see Zakel working his way into a center within, you know, a year or two. But yeah, who plays center? Who the heck plays center? Is it, is it Brendel? Is it Sutherland or Kiefer or whatever? Uh, is it Zakel? Is it going to be someone else? Or maybe it's Brunskill and then they have someone else at right guard. So the interior offensive line is specifically center is a very big question mark. Um, slot corner and strong safety are both question marks. Which is funny because this is the first time in a while where I think we haven't been worried about our outside corner depth. Like, we have legit four outside corners. You know, like, we have Charvarius Ward, who's a solid corner. Uh, I wouldn't say he's the best corner in the NFL, but some of his stats were top five. And I would, I would probably argue that he is uh, in the top 10 or 15 corners in the NFL, especially if you're looking at like a press man corner, he's probably a top 10 press man corner. Uh, so we've got a good number one corner. Uh, I really like Mosley. He's been a really solid, uh, especially a solid number two corner. Uh, we've also got Jason Verrett coming back. If he's healthy, he's a really good starting outside corner assuming that he can still come back after this many years, uh, after this many injuries and at his age. And then we've also got Amory Thomas, who struggled early and then looked like he improved significantly to be a borderline starter by late last season. He was a starter. So we've legitimately got four starting outside corners, which is crazy. But I still... I think Hafunga is going to be the starting strong safety. And I don't like that because I don't know if he has the uh, athleticism and range to play free safety, which means we're going to have to play too high quarters or we'll only be able to have Jimmy Ward be single high and Hafunga should stay in the box, which means that we can basically only play um, a strict cover three or uh, a lot of cover four. Uh, realistically. And if we're going to play press man, yeah, so I don't know. Strong safety is a tricky one. And how many safeties are we going to keep? Because I feel like we're keeping like five or five linebackers and only three safeties. That's what it's starting to feel like. 
Um, you know, it's like we've got Odom, who we just signed. He's going to be our special teams guy and probably a backup strong safety. Obviously, Jimmy Ward, Hafanga, and then Tarvarius Moore, who I really liked, but coming off the Achilles, he had some issues with angles, uh, but he's also a ball hawk. He's got a couple interceptions and very, very few snaps. So it's going to be interesting to see what strong safety happens. Slot corner, we don't know. Are we going to throw Mosley into slot? Are we going to... You know, is Demo Lenore going to work in there? Is it going to be Darquez Denard, the vet who goes in at slot? Is it going to be um, the rookie, Sam Womack? We really don't know. But I would say those are the biggest questions. Uh, obviously, we're going to go through all the, the depth chart stuff. You know, who's tight end three? Uh, as exciting as that conversation has. But I think those are the biggest questions. You know, center, starting strong safety slot corner and uh I, I guess we could also say linebacker three just because aziz is recovering from a few surgeries but those are kind of the biggest questions and you know obviously there's going to be a lot of training camp battles or we're going to go through the whole roster breakdown position groups and whatnot but i think those are probably the three biggest questions that we have going into the season not counting obviously trey lance's arm fatigue whatever that means, arm fitness. You know, does the kid with the huge arm have a good enough arm? <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously a big question is how good's Trey Lance going to be? That's a huge question. But I'm excited to find out. I, I can't wait. Um, but yeah, anyways, I'm going to get out of here. I appreciate you. Um, appreciate you for listening, hopping back on. If you were actually subscribed and this popped up into your feed, thank you. Seriously. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm ready to be back. I'm ready to be back. I'm pumped. Uh, you know, sometimes you just get a little burnt out, but whew, football's coming, man. It's coming. It's coming fast. We've got training camp. Like two weeks. Two and a half weeks. Uh, just a couple weeks we got training camp and then we get preseason we get a chance to see trey out there we get to see all the rookies all the reports ah it's gonna be fun anyways um i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna catch uh a little bit of the sun go run and uh yeah i hope you're doing well i hope you have a good day and uh, as always, like, comment, subscribe, uh, share, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies <laughs> about the pod. And uh, I'll catch you next time. As always, go Niners.